following is a message from Praise and Worship, a community of people in Branson, Missouri who are loved by Jesus and joining Him in His mission to bring love and hope to all people. For more information and for more audio and video content, visit www.branson.church. So, um, I've told this story once before. I'm going to tell it a little bit again, but you need to hear it from a different perspective. So the story goes like this. We get together at Concordia Seminary in 2010. It was like August 29th or something. It was like 149 degrees. And we were at this picnic where they're welcoming all the new seminary students to, to the campus. And, and Dr. Meyer, who's the president of Concordia Seminary, is going around asking all the students while we're sitting at this table waiting for the barbecue or whatever it is that's going to rescue us from the fires of hell because it's so hot. And so we're, we're sitting there, and, and Dr. Meyer's coming around. And if you've ever met Dr. Meyer or you've heard him talk, he was on the Lutheran Hour some years ago. You probably heard him talk. Talks like this. This is how Dr. Meyer talks, right? And it's always that way. Like, even if he's saying hello, welcome, he's like, I'm really glad you're here. That's how he talks. You know, and, and, he's, and he's my preaching professor. He taught me how to preach. I don't talk like him. But that day, he's coming around shaking all our hands, and he, why are you coming to seminary? And everybody's like, oh, because my dad went to seminary. Or... You know, just, you know, I feel called or whatever. And, and of course, Mark, who always makes everything awkward, um, he came up to me and asked me that question. And I said, because I want to join the war. And he just kind of like, you're one of those guys, huh? And he just sort of nodded and smiled and kept going on around the table. And, and then about four years later, when, I think it was actually five, because I'm bad at Hebrew, but <laughs> sometime later, sometime later, I, it, was the day to gra- it was the day to graduate, get ordained, all those kinds of things was happening. And I was sitting on one of the benches out in front of the library waiting to meet Debbie or whoever was coming. And um, he walks up to me. And keep in mind, I had forgotten that day because, well, for one thing, I'm not good at Hebrew and I had to work hard at that. But he comes up to me and he goes, Unseeker! Hey, Dr. Meyer, how's it going? Well, what do you think about today? And I was like, eh, I'm excited. And he goes, are you ready? And I'm like, yeah, I think so. And he goes, no, no. Are you ready? So what do you mean? He goes, you told me you want to join the war. I said, well, that actually is true. Were you serious about that? Yes, sir. Well, buckle up, because that's exactly what it is. And you know what's interesting is when we ask Jesus how to pray, this is what he's preparing us for. Because what was silly and bonkers about this goofy guy is I didn't understand at that time we are all joining the war every single one of us no matter what your vocation which is another word of saying calling whether you are called to dig a ditch to bake a cake or to get up here and yap or to do anything else we are all equally important in our calling in the war every single one of us and and what's interesting is imagine my surprise who's someone who grew up memorizing the Lord's Prayer but not giving it much thought as I go to study the Lord's Prayer and I open up, open up my Uncle Marty's writings about the Lord's Prayer, all of it has to do with warfare. Especially what we're studying today. Warfare. Lead us not into temptation. Now what's really interesting is most people think of temptation, you define temptation like this. You'll say, well, it's when I maybe eat too much pepperoni pizza. In my case, that's what happens with my temptation. Or I might be tempted, you might even like in, in, turn up the dial a little bit, increase the intensity, when it's when I'm going to look at a website that I shouldn't look at. 
Okay, yeah, that's temptation. Or maybe it's when, it, maybe it's when I, I'm, I'm at work and my boss says, you know, who did that? And you're like, not me. And you're sitting there going, it was me. You're, temp- you're tempted to do these things. And most of us zoom in on temptation and we think that temptation is really an issue where I'm being tempted to sin. And without a doubt, the Scripture speaks that way. But what we need to see is it's much, much bigger. Because if I do eat that pepperoni pizza, then that might lead to an early heart attack, you know, or whatever. If I do look at that website that I'm not supposed to look at, that might hurt my spouse or my loved ones. Probably will, not might. If I do lie at work, I might get fired, and then my family doesn't have what they need when they need it. Do you see how this works? And the devil, you need to know, as the Apostle Peter would write in his epistle in chapter 4 and 5, is that he is someone who prowls around looking for people to destroy. And I want you guys to know, when Jesus is teaching us how to pray, he is preparing us for that reality, the reality of this world. Take a look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. Now there's a big but on the screen, and we're going to zoom in on that. But I want you to look at this. The prayer, and lead us not into temptation, but, however, rather... Instead of that, deliver us from the evil one. Now I know in our traditional prayer, we always say deliver us from evil, and it's like this generic thing that we don't think about. But even if you were to open up Uncle Marty's large catechism and and go to the explanation of this petition of the Lord's Prayer, he's going to say, he will say to you, you don't even have to listen to this yapper who just got out of seminary, he will say to you that he's talking about the devil. And I know we live in a culture that has relegated him to be a cartoon character that doesn't exist. And oh, what a tactical victory that is for his military camp. What a tactical victory. Because if you and I can be persuaded to think, ah, the devil, you know, Mark, you know, what kind of church do I go to where they talk about the devil? Last week we were telling him to run away, right? And this week we're saying, wait, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from the evil one. And, and, and this is God's word to you and to me. Jesus was preparing us for the war. Now, of course, the difference is we don't load up our machine guns or our rocket launchers or anything like that. We load up with the armor of God. We equip ourselves with the boots of the peace, of the gospel, the good news. We put on the belt of truth. We equip ourselves. He puts on our chest the breastplate of righteousness, his righteousness. He fixes upon our head the helmet of salvation so we will know that He loves us no matter what. And He then says, take up the shield of faith which will extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one and then draw the sword. I got the right hand this time. No, I still didn't do it. Then draw the sword of of the Spirit which is the Word of God, the rhema, the spoken Word of God. This is what we're called to do. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. This is what we pray for. Lord, help me face the darkness and you know some years ago um i think it's actually only been a couple years ago there was a big thing in the news because some church leaders wanted to change the way this is read right because and it's funny because if you open up the greek text i wasn't good at hebrew but i'm good at greek and it turns out that the greek for this is and lead us not into temptation this is what it is and the more you study it the more that becomes clear there's no zigs or zags there's no errors in the translation that's what it says and they're, yeah, but, but yeah, but God doesn't tempt us. Of course not. That's why we don't want to lose that but. Because it's their saying, it's saying, 
not just this, not just don't lead us into temptation, but more importantly, and especially deliver us from the evil one. What I want you to see is when you are looking and that temptation is there to, maybe I should eat the whole pizza if you're Mark and you struggle with overeating. Or if you are clicking on a particular website, I shouldn't do that this time. And and if that's something that you struggle with, if you are there and you're you're feeling the urge to tell a lie when you shouldn't, when you should just own up to the mistake, then what I want you to see is the temptation isn't in eating the pizza, isn't in, in participating in pornography, it isn't in lying or stealing or any of those other things. It's whether or not you're going to follow Jesus in that moment. Whether or not you're going to participate in the kingdom of God in that moment. And I know that's so easy for me to say. And I will be facing that pepperoni pizza probably in the next day or two. Maybe even this afternoon for lunch if we get lucky. And so what are you going to do? Right? How do you face this? And notice what's interesting is the prayer is to say, the prayer is to say, lead us not into that, but deliver us from the one who brings it to us. Deliver us from him. Protect us from Him. Keep us safe from Him. And guys, when we pray this prayer, Jesus is not going to go, "Eh, let me think about that. Eh, You've been kind of rough this week. You're only 22% righteous this week. I don't think so. No. The Lord of hosts, Yahweh Sabaoth, the Mashiach, right? The Messiah, the rescuer, the one who came down and was born in a feeding trough, because he loves you and he loves me, he brought heaven down to you and me. While we were yet sinners, we read in the book of Romans, because we have to quote Romans. And so, and so why did he do all that? Because he loves us. He loves you. So when you pray this prayer, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from the evil one. Jesus Christ is going to say, okay, let's roll. Lock and load. And he's going to produce by his spirit in you the weapons of mass restoration. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness. And when you face the pepperoni pizza or the website or the desire to lie, self-control. He will produce that in you. You cannot produce it in yourself, but he will produce it in you. So pray. We, we were, when I was, also, when I was at seminary, we sat in this group of guys that we would talk about pornography usage. And yes, seminary students struggle with that too, just so we're all clear. And we would talk about how do we, how do we deal with that we're in the midst of it. And the answer is you pray. You're like, you mean while I've got whatever website pulled up, I'm praying? Yes, especially then. You might be thinking, well, I can't pray to God when I'm in the middle of my sin. That is the most important time you should pray. That is the most important time you should pray. Deliver me from the evil one. Help me want to want what you want, Lord Jesus. Produce in me your fruit, which will give me self-control to click that big red X in the corner and walk away and go tell my loved ones I am loving them and I'm participating with them and not with the devil, not with his kingdom, which results in the destruction of families and the ripping apart of lives and the absolute devastation of entire communities. Instead, Deliver us from the evil one, Lord. Take a look at Psalm 51. So so we're going to put these on the screen and zoom in on them, and I want you to see this. I want you to see it says, Do not cast me. We prayed this prayer earlier. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. See, we don't need to change the words of the Lord's Prayer. We just need to listen to the Bible, read the Bible. And so here what we have is in the psalm, he's doing the same thing. 
the prayer isn't like, oh, God was going to cast you away from his presence, and he was going to take your Holy Spirit, but now, just because you prayed that, no, 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 no. It's the, it's the, not only this, but especially that. Not only do you, will you not cast me from your presence or take your spirit from me, especially you will restore unto me the joy of your salvation and you will grant me a willing spirit. I don't know if, you're the, if I'm the only one in this room that doesn't always have a willing spirit. Jesus said this on the night he was betrayed. He said, pray that you do not fall into temptation because... How does it go? The spirit is willing, but the what is weak? The flesh is weak, the body's weak, whatever, however you want to translate that. We all know this to be true. We all know it to be true. I'm looking at the pepperoni pizza. The pepperoni pizza is like, come on down, you know? And, and, and you know, you, you could sit there and tell me, Mark, if you just ate one or two pieces, it'd be fine. And I'm like, yeah, but where's the fun in that? Deliver me. Do not cast me out. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation so I don't find my fulfillment in the next bite, but I find my fulfillment in the one who brought heaven down to earth for you and for me. That he is here to restore that which is broken so that my fulfillment is in Jesus, not in sin or that which sin produces. Take a look at at 1 Corinthians 10.13 because God is faithful, right? And, and, And in the reality of this world, this is how it plays out. No temptation has seized you except what is common to everyone. That's where he says the word man, but it's humanity. It's common to everyone. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And I want to pause there because I'm curious. Have you ever disagreed with that? I kind of think I'm being tempted beyond what I can bear right now because you put it right in front of me. And then we want to blame God for that, but the world is broken and humans do what they do. And we try to blame God for our problems. And, and I understand that. Sometimes I've done the same thing. But what we want to see is, is that he, when we are tempted, look at the last part, He will also provide a way so that you can stand up under it. Which is an interesting way to speak. You can stand up under it. When you're in the middle of the war and the arrows start flying, the bullets start flying, and you're thinking, wait, do I have my armor on? I don't know. And you're just sort of reacting to this. He has provided a way for you to stand up. The Apostle Paul also, when he wrote about the armor of God, says when you take upon the armor of God, you will be able to stand. The evil one will come to you and to me, and he will try to destroy us. He won't come with nuke launchers right off the gate. He'll come with just little things like, you don't need that. Sleep in. Church is boring anyway. You don't need to go. He'll start removing the sources of our power. He'll start convincing us that we do find our fulfillment in everything else. He'll start teaching us his ways rather than us learning the ways of Jesus, which we do together. He will start convincing us, you know, just there's nothing here. It's just bread and wine. It's nothing going to do anything. It's just a symbol. It's just stupid. It's some old religious ritual. You don't need it. It's just who cares, right? Instead, Focusing our hearts on Jesus, where we, yes, can we explain what all that is? Nope. But his words say what it is. And it's like Uncle Marty said in that old hymn, Mighty Fortresses of Our God, one little word shall fell him. Talking about the enemy. Take a look at verses 14 and a little bit from 20. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. 
And we all, you know, I grew up thinking, here's what an idol is. An idol is anything that you want, like, more than God. And, and that's fine. That's not a bad definition. But I learned later on, when I was reading Uncle Marty's words, Martin Luther, he said this. He goes, anything you put your trust in is your God. Anything you put your trust in is your God. And what I found is, is, is that when it came time to pay the rent, that what I was putting my trust in was my bank account. And if there wasn't enough in there, then I started to panic. And then all of a sudden, I was led into temptation. And, and what this does is this, this presents this challenge for us is, is fleeing from idolatry is recognizing there's much more going on than just whether or not I'm being tempted to do a sin. The question is, is which side of the war are you going to take up camp in? Which side of the battlefield are you going to rest your head on? Flee from idolatry. Not the idea that you're like, oh, I want this more than God, or I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go and spend all my money on a new car or a new house or a new, in Mark's case, really cool computer or whatever it might be. But to put our trust in Jesus no matter what it might be. Because he, he says there, I forgot that part at the end, he says, he says, this is from verse 20, is an idol anything? No, but the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. Now, I've got to be honest with you, I grew up in a Lutheran church. Some of you guys did too, and the Lutherans, you know, Depending on where you're at, that, that topic really doesn't get brought up unless the pericope falls on that on a particular Sunday. And then, you know, you hear about Jesus casting out a demon and then you just move on. What I want you to see, and I know this sounds so bizarre, is that everywhere we go, and I'm going to sound like a Saturday Night Live character now, and I understand that. But here, Jesus, not me. Everywhere we go, we face the darkness. There are demons in every corner of our lives, and everywhere we go, they are present, and they are there to deceive us and to destroy us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus taught us to pray that. And what I want you to see is that it's not just, not just that, that waiter or waitress that brought the pepperoni pizza out. It's not just your latest web browser or the, the, the porn developers that put that website there. It's not just... It's not just the fact that all these politics are going on at the office that invites you to lie. Demons are there. And I know I sound stupid when I say that, and I don't care because God is saying it to you. The Almighty Living God is saying, when you pray, pray, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one because he's everywhere. And his servants are everywhere. And this is why we need to always be praying about the war. And I know, I know it sounds so goofy and corny. And I'm like, think of the tactical advantage that our opponents have upon our world where they have convinced us that there are no such enemies. Take a look at verse 16. Because this is where the question is, he said he's going to provide a way. Nobody ever wants to talk about the way. Well, three verses later, here's the way. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation? Greek word koinonia, Latin word communion, in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation, a koinonia, a communion in the body of Christ? See, what he's trying to say to us is when we eat and drink this stuff, which makes no sense to us, it's power. It is participation in the divine in God himself, his real presence, the presence of Jesus in this room. And what's interesting is, is when you look at verse 17, which we will now, he says, because there is one loaf, 
we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one body. So as crazy as it sounds, God's military strategy is this. I'm going to gather together my people. I'm going to feed them. I'm going to equip them. And I'm going to give them all surpassing power like it says in 2 Corinthians 4. Even though it will be in cracked pots, earthen vessels, jars of clay, which however you want to say that. And it will be in these broken people. I'm going to put my all surpassing power and I'm going to give them forgiveness of sins and I'm going to give them restoration of their hearts and I'm going to literally give them resurrection of the body and I'm going to send them out into the world. And they are going to do, as Jesus said, they're going to let their light shine. They're going to be the salt of the earth. And that is how we're going to conquer the evil one. Through y'all. It's the Texas translation, but it's y'all. That's right, Texas translation. See, and this is how, and I just learned how to not mess it up. It's y'all, right? And so the idea is, is that what we need to see ourselves is the Lord's Supper is not just a vertical thing. It's not just you're receiving forgiveness of sins. Although, praise be to Jesus, you are. And we will be here in just a moment. But it is a horizontal thing because we partake are of one body. And that body of Christ spreads out like a billion, like two billion little temples everywhere we go. The temples of the Holy Spirit shining His light in our world so that when we are at the restaurant, somehow, some way, after a hundred thousand tries, the Lord will eventually help us and teach us and sanctify us so that I can only eat two pieces. And then I'm back at the, at the, at the desk and, and the, the desire is to click on that website and it's like, no. And then when I'm at the office and they say, did you do that? And I have that moment where it's like, what are you going to say? To put my trust not in the fact that my boss might fire me, not in the fact that people might look at me poorly, not in the fact that any of those things happen, but I would see that there are demons right there wooing me to say, No, I didn't do that. And then I would say, no, I want to join the war. And I want to stand with Jesus. I want to live in Christ because He lives in me. And by His power, and because I've literally eaten and drank His power into my body, I can say, yep, that was me. And in your mind, in your heart, you're like, praise, or not praise Lord, but Lord, please help me because it's about to hit the fan. Because I'm going to get it. I'm going to get my rear end chewed out. And at that moment, the Lord is with you. And He will work in the midst of that. And you will face whatever it is that's troubling you. I've given three examples. You guys have millions more. You know better. This is His power in us. So, verse 26 of chapter 11, which wasn't in our reading, but we're going to include it now because we're about ready to eat and drink. He says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, You proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. And that word death there is inviting us to look at the cross, but also at the empty tomb. You're proclaiming the kingdom of God until He returns to establish it once and for all. Full restoration. In you and in me, through His Spirit, by His Word, or by His Spirit, through His Word, whichever prepositions you want to say, and that reality is what He uses to lead us. Not into temptation, but to deliver us from the evil one. Let's pray. Father, we once again pray for You to lead us. And we pray that You would lead us in this war. We pray that You would help us see that those little silly temptations, or whether they're a little worse, or a little worse than that, are not silly. 
But they're part of a much bigger scheme of things that are going on. Driven by an enemy who wants to destroy everyone in this room. Because if he can pluck us from your hand, then he destroys our children and our friends and our co-workers and our, the people on our streets. And he can continue to give them fodder for rejecting you. But Lord, by your power and by your mercy and your grace, you have seen fit to give us your spirit to restore us from death, to move us from death to life. And it is by that power, by that reality, that we pray for you to lead us. Teach us, Lord, to pray. Teach us to pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We pray this not because we have anything to offer, but because of everything you have already done and are yet doing. Which is why we pray to you, Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.